0: welcome to stop telling and start listening with david cook if you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people this may be just the show for you listen in as david and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today now here is david cook
1: hey greetings happy monday everybody welcome to another episode of stop telling and start listening i'm david cook your host actually i should say co-host because sharon has been on so much she'd be she's just part of the program good morning sharon welcome to the show today
2: good morning david thanks for having me again
0: oh
1: i always love having you on these conversations have always been uh really special in fact actually we had a great conversation that was of nobody's business before the show started <laughs> So we've already warmed up um we're all fired up and ready to go with today's topic um um, happy monday to everybody i hope you guys got a good start to your week or are doing well wherever you are listening to this podcast whether it's down the road or live today um you know it's uh, this one this subject is near and dear to my heart i could probably go off on a dave rant which wouldn't be healthy for anybody um, so I actually—that's why I brought my friend Sharon in here to to keep me under control and ha- actually have have this be a productive conversation. But the conversation is values, and I could—I'm gonna—I'm—I'm I'm just gonna be honest with everybody as I as I try to be all the time. But I'm gonna be a little bit more transparent than normal. Um, I, I'm struggling with the presence of hypocrisy in our society right now. I'm really struggling with it, and I say struggling with it because, um, you know, there's a, there's a fine line between what you experience and then how you judge what you're experiencing is. And so when I say I'm having trouble with hypocrisy, what I'm experiencing is people are saying things and then living things a different way, or they say something, then four months later, they show up with another story clearly in contradiction to who they said they were or what they believed or how they do things. And I'm really battling that in the public sector and, um, so it it, it's been triggering and i don't want to say that you know somebody's right or wrong but i just kind of wonder is that you know when you say who you are and people look and say okay got it i believe you i trust you and then they they don't live that out um you know that's that's that just affects the whole relationship it affects uh integrity it affects trust it affects all those things and so i thought let's have a discussion about values Because we love to tell people what we believe, why we believe it, how it influences our choices, what we stand for, why we stand for those things. The standard that we hold ourselves and unfortunately we hold others to, which I think is unhealthy because we can't hold people to our values um, because that becomes judgmental. But we can hold people to their values when they declare what they are. And that's where I get into it. (laughs) There's a lot of people like to pick up the phone and call and say, you know, quit bullshitting us and just tell me what the truth is. Because I'm tired of the BS. But anyway, Sharon, I don't know. You know, now that I've ranted a little bit, where as as you thought about this um, topic today, what were you uh, what were you thinking when we talked about having a conversation? Well, with?
2: I think you 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 should have total permission to rant because today's environment is so fluid and fex- flexible, and those of us of a certain generation knew what it was, and that's not what it is or at least it doesn't seem to be what it was. And it's troubling and frustrating and annoying and confusing. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a topic that I just thought about last week when you told me (laughs) what it was. This has been an absolute PhD-level study for myself. Um, As a matter of fact, I started writing a whatever it's going to be for government officials. And one of the chapters is similar to um, the Wizard of Oz, which I did find out many people don't know what the Wizard of Oz is, which is another annoying thing. But (laughs) the title of the chapter is Morals and Values and Ethics. Oh, my.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Morals and Values and Ethics. Oh, my. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Are you gonna, so you're planning on presenting that to the uh four hundred and whatever it is, 38. I would love come. to. Five
2: thirty eight. I would love to. Yes. Yeah. But you know, just like the name of your podcast, stop talking is going to be challenging for many of them and start listening is I don't even know if that's possible for many right. of them.
1: Well, it becomes a challenge because when you tell when you when you confront people, there's a way to confront people with your experience without making them wrong, but it's like at this point in time, this value battle that we're having in society—it's hard not to get into the middle of a quagmire kind of fight where you're shaming people or you know telling them that they're wrong. And I, I I'm committed that that's not who I am, but I'm—I know that I'm on that—I'm right there on that threadbare line of coming close to crossing because it's so frustrating for me right now.
2: It is frustrating, Dave, and I and I, I agree with you many of us have on the precipice of a lot of over-the-cliff behavior. And what I've come to, and this is a part I'd love to hear your opinion. I know what my values are. I know what my morals are. And I'm pretty sure what my ethics are. So I'm gonna just, even though we're talking about values, I'm gonna go to ethics for a real quick second because Mm -hmm. when I grew up, and in most of my adult life, things seemed balanced, even though, yes, there was a lot of prejudice. Yes, there was a lot of um, disconnect between one class and the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that was there. I don't mean to diminish it, but that's not pertinent to what I want to say. Today's way of living is really challenging for your values and your ethics, in my opinion, because when you can't afford to live somewhere, when you can't afford food for yourself or your family, when you don't have a job that is reasonable, when you can't get where you need to go because gas is, it challenges your values and your ethics. And I've, I've seen and witnessed and even had some of my own conversation about, well, I have a value of this, but how am I going to live that value and survive in this world?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. What do you think? Well, I think it—it's um, it, very true. It's, you know, there was a—I wish I could remember. I wish I could, you know, click, bring the—the the, uh, I was wise enough to have learned from the process, you know, but I didn't. There was a guy that I worked with years ago. I would call him a mentor. His name was Joe Price, and he basically, when he was doing the uh, the module on values, his argument, his premise was is that we only have, truly, we only have three or four core values. There are other things that we would call values, but core values. And his definition of core values was they will never be compromised. They can never be compromised. And he started using scenarios to test because people would say, I'm this, I'm that, you know, they would try try to declare who they were. And and of course, they were like, you know, what makes me right? What makes me good? What makes me, you know, all that crap. And so he would use these scenarios and the people would change their values based on the situation he'd say here's the situation xyz what would you do well it depends on and they were slipping he says i well but if if your core value is x wouldn't you be doing this instead well it really depends well then it's not a core value
2: okay i can go with that
1: and they really struggled with it and the drill was amazing because these people what ended up happening is there was a few things but they didn't like their core values but the truth of matter is those are the ones that they ended up defending without compromise (laughs)
2: You know, they, I have two examples they hated, of that. And they hated yes. the reality of it. You know, and that's where I think your morals come in. And, mm-hmm. and and that's where I think your own willingness to live those and not defend them, but mm-hmm. to live them in spite of what's going on. I have a, a story that, I, you know, and it was so innate. I didn't even think about it until I was describing it to my children after it happened. We went to Safeway, two kids and me shopping. I'm tired. I don't want to be here. Stop picking up that. Stop running away from here. I just want to go home. And I bought a case of water, put it on the bottom of the shopping cart, got to the car, unloaded everything and realized I didn't pay for the water on the bottom. Mm. So now I'm confronted with my morals, my ethics, my mom teaching, all of that. And I'm tired, and I would like to just put that thing in the car and go home. But I didn't. Having my children be somewhat of a motivator, my internal compass would not let me walk in the car without returning and paying for that case of water. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right, because that's your value. Whatever whatever value you want to associate with that, but there's integrity, there's honesty, whatever. And you said, nope, that's that. I can't compromise that. because Exactly. That's, this is who I am. And I know what's right based on how I've defined right.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I think that I don't think but I mean, I do think. But, but as I teach and, and deliver options to parents as they're parenting, you know, I say you have core values but your brain will talk you into and out of those depending upon the situation. And in order to have the opportunity for your kids to understand what their core values are, which may be different from yours, but like you said, there's, there's no compromise. And how you know that there's a compromise is either you've given yourself permission to not think about it after you disregard it, or you're constantly thinking about it because you disregarded it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's right. Because if you know it's wrong, you know it's wrong. Yes. And once you know it's wrong, once you recognize it, you know, on, uh, you know, one of my favorite, and I've referred to him before, Andy Stanley, in his podcasts, he talks about that. He says, you know, he, he does that when he talks about lying. But he says, if you know that you can't, if you know that you can't tell the truth, then you know what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> If you're trying to hide, <laughs> if you're trying to create a story for something to hide what you've done, you've already known that what you've done as a as a core value is wrong, and you're trying to find ways now to hide it, justify it, protect it, save yourself from it, whatever. Why don't you just own it? Just own it. So
2: I have a I have a little sideways story for that because I agree with that a hundred percent, and I experienced school sitting in a desk. And the teacher was the authority. And whatever they said, I had to do, and I did because that's how I was brought up. As an adult, I'm finding uh, everything I'm being told that aligns with what that value of telling the truth mm-hmm. is a little fuzzy right now. Because I agree with you, if you did something and you're gonna lie about it, that's that's a core value that you've just shoved aside. Mm-hmm. But there was an experience that I had recently where I didn't quite know what happened. I assumed what happened. And my intention was to offer up, I'm sorry, pay for whatever it was. And as I thought about, because I want to tell the truth, I want to be you know, responsible. But I'm like, I really don't know what happened. Why am I jumping to accommodating something from my core values that I don't really know happened? And I had a lot of struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and what I concluded was, it's not it's not something you did, Sharon. It's something you viewed and thought happened that you wanted to make right through your core value of making it right. You're now in conflict with you. Mm-hmm. You're taking mm-hmm. responsibility for something that you don't even know how it happened.
1: Right which means which is really why, which is the exercise now you got to go back and and find out what the truth is what what really happened first and then decide what you have to clean up and a lot of times we i don't know about you but i always i'm I'm in perpetual guilt i always think if something goes wrong i'm uh, somehow somewhere i must have done it first you know so um you know it's, and i'm not even catholic so i don't even know how i got that in my in my gene but that's because i was always a bad boy and usually when stuff went wrong i was somewhere near it or i was lighting the fire but You know, it's interesting you talk about that. So, you know, I and I told you in an email I was going to, I was going to lead with this and I didn't, but I read a book years ago when I was working with moms and dads in the addiction community, it was called Beyond the Yellow Brick Road by a a 1970s drug counselor. In fact, actually, for those people who are in my generational um, age group, um, he was Carol Burnett's daughter's addiction counselor. And everybody's, wow. everybody's gonna go who's carol burnett look it up I know. Uh, that. I know
2: that.
1: <laughs> um but he wrote a book and it's very I, I love the book it's controversial he was a controversial character but he has a thing in there where he talks about um kids as they get older and he says you know the whole idea is you know start out as an infant then you become an adolescent and then the next you know which is a short period of life and the next stage in your life is um adulthood but in adolescence you know, for adolescents, their life is going through all sorts of change—physically, emotionally, psychologically—and you're. You can you imagine what it's like? You know, your your body's developing, it's evolving, your voice is changing, your boobs are popping out, you're getting zits, blah 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 blah. You know, all the stuff that's going on in your life, and you sit around and you go, "Oh yeah, you know, well, you know, this is. I can't wait for this to end. What's next?" And so they look out in the horizon. And they say, "And that? What's next?" Oh, yeah! I can't wait till I'm an adult. And then they start looking at the adults around them, <laughs> and the adults are freaking miserable. And yes. the adult and the adults are telling them what the rules are. Yep, you, you have to be respectful to authorities, you know, and um, you, you you have to follow the laws, and you have to be polite and all that other stuff. And then they watch the parents behave, and the parents are bitching about their neighbors and talking about their boss behind their back, and they're running red lights and the data they're justifying all these behaviors that are breaking the rules of the rules that they said and what these adolescents learn at a very very early age of in adolescence very early stage in adolescence is number one being an adult sucks and number two (laughs) adults are liars they can't be trusted
2: Oh, yep yep
1: and so I'm sitting here that's why this whole thing triggers for me is is that when we're watching a society and this and 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 if I triggered you, deal with it, I'm I'm you know, call me. But I look at a society where we sit there and we talk about law and order, follow the laws, follow the laws, you know, gotta play, you know, the, the and all that other stuff. And then people are, are violating the law right and left, or the law is subjective. You know, don't yes. do the, don't do the crime if you can't do the time yet. There's a whole group of people that believe those laws don't apply to them, or they don't yes. like they don't like the law, the rule, so they just ignore it. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 people, you can't and inf- you can't create laws that people don't like, and then and and tell them they have to follow them. when there's laws that you don't like that you completely ignore. That's just a walking contradiction. That's hypocrisy at its greatest. That reflects that your values about law and order is bullshit. Yes. And the same thing, you know, sorry if I'm calling out the religiosity people in Sharon, I know that we have to be careful with ourselves, but I have no time, energy, or patience for people who tag themselves as Christians right now. Zero. because. There's a whole—that we're weaponizing religion where we're making people follow our values, but we're ignoring other things that we point to. We point to the Bible and say, here's the rules. Okay, why did you skip Rule 3, 6, 12, and 18? Well, because <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't believe in those, or I'm kind of doing it. No, 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 no. If all 10 qualify, then all 10 need to be followed, but you can't pick 2, 3, and 4 to be emphasized. Right. That's, that's hypocrisy. You know, so you got to you got to decide what you stand for. But if you decide what you stand for, stand for it. Yes. Don't well, waffle I don't, think or don't don't or don't have me stand for something that's kind of a, a makeshift shift of whatever it is, because that's hypocrisy.
2: But Dave, where as you started out with adolescents looking out to who's around them, where do you see an abundance of people standing on their values? I don't.
1: Oh, I don't either. Corporations,
2: not our government, not our religions, not our parents. And so we don't have a good model of what that looks like.
1: Our all of our institutions are corrupt.
2: Yes. Including the ones that raise the people that are gonna be the next generation. Yep. Because they haven't, we, and I'm in that category for so long, I thought I was doing an outstanding job. And then once I figured out what the job really was, I had a lot that I had to choose to learn because it was no longer about me only. It was about these two young people that are in my view and my care, and how do I want them to live their lives and interact in this world? Yeah, And it's really, I I mean, I really find it, um, Dave, because I don't, I don't particularly care for conflict. I don't like uh, it coming at me and I don't wanna bring it to someone else. But I feel like right now, we are meant to say whatever is in our spirit to say. And people can either like it or not like it, align Mm -hmm. with it or not align with it. And that is, I think what's so troubling to me about people speaking the things I don't wanna hear or Mm -hmm. I don't agree with. But on the other hand, kudos for them because they're showing us a part of our culture that we may not agree with, but we need to know is out there in my opinion. And if they have permission to say what they want to say that I just can't even hold my ears enough to listen, I'm going to give myself permission to say what's in my heart, you get to choose what you do with your ears.
1: True. Well, but that's a that becomes that becomes the slippery slope, right? To me, that becomes You know, I, do I believe that we have, a, you know, we have, we are empowered to speak our truth? Yes, I believe we are empowered to speak our truth. But uh, at the same time, me from a core value is is that I also believe I have a responsibility not to do. Uh, well, it's a general term, too, too, probably too broad, but not to do harm in speaking my truth. So I have to, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility to be kind, to find a way to speak, speak my truth in kindness, speak my truth in love, because otherwise, I go, yep, yeah, this is just me being me, and I don't know that that's necessarily. I don't think I have that license. I mean, it's it'd be a lot more freeing if I could just tell people, you know, see, hear some guy in a coffee shop saying something stupid and say, you're you're such a moron. <laughs> Because that's how it resonates with me. I'd love to do that, but you and I both know that that, from a human decency point of view, in my heart, I know that that's not the way to communicate with people. So it's a value system as to how to find a way to either tolerate it and look away, right, or find a way. If I can't look away, find a way to have kind of share a message that says, "This, I'm struggling with what you're saying, and I need to figure out how to how to deal with it."
2: Yes, that's, that's but that's a,
1: that's a that's a value statement for me though.
2: That is a value statement, and many, as I have observed, don't share that value statement. And not be not probably. I'm analyzing without any real awareness of what is in people's history. But most of what we become starts out from where we beca- where we came, mm-hmm. and what we learned, and what we were taught, and and. And couple that with where it went off the rails at some point or where it stayed in track. And so speaking our truth with compassion and kindness and with the intention of having a relational conversation is not everybody's, not value necessarily, but skill set. Because there's so much anger, pain, disregard, guilt, whatever blocking that and it just blurts out. That's true. And, and for me, the value I have is to, to be able to allow people to do that. I would prefer you didn't. I will do everything I can to help whoever is in my space that's willing to not do that that way because it does, like you said, more harm than brings value to all of us in a way that I would like value brought. But I, I'm, this is the world we're in. It and is. So I, can't, I, I don't want to shut out everybody. I mean, I listened to someone last night, and I know I've evolved. Because a month ago, I, I couldn't even look or listen to this conversation. And last night, I watched it. I, I listened. I didn't get my dander up. I didn't agree with most of it. And I was able to see a little clearly, a little more clear what was troubling for me. So it wasn't clouded in the presentation and the, the uh, vibrato and all of that. I was able to just calm myself and actually listen to where I could hear something that was valuable, something that was authentic, something that I disagreed with, but even something that I might have agreed with. And I think that when we can conduct ourselves with a value system that we, we give ourselves permission to practice <laughs> in a calm, like you said, compassionate, kind, trying to create relation way, but have a healthy boundary. Like mm-hmm. this one, I can try and do that. This one, you got to be over there. And I can't.
1: Right. Well, I think that's a, when it, it. Is a big part of what you just you use the you use the magic word um, magic words healthy boundary. I think that that's that's part of it. You know, I um, I I teach a class in one of my, in my personal development where one of the section is is healthy boundaries and it, the first part of it, it. There's four quadrants to it. Um, we're going to go to break. Probably end up. I'll finish explaining this. We'll probably have to come back down after break. But anyway, there's four quadrants. The first quadrant is what I will do, what I won't do. What i desire what i won't tolerate when you look at the first two what i will do what i won't do those are value statements this is what i will do this is this is who i am this is what i'm willing to do this is how i'm how i choose to live my life what i won't do are things that i'm just i'm you know it doesn't mean i i'm not perfect so i do do it when i say i'm not gonna you know speak bad about people well i do sometimes you know i'm not perfect i love to say i'm freaking saint david and i don't ever make a mistake but the truth of the matter is we never we never hit perfection, but we know what our desires are. And my desires in my heart are what I will do, what I won't do. And that's my value statement. But but when I when I train, do this class for those two things, when I teach that class, I said, when you tell me these things, because we do it in a workshop, when you share with these things, I'm gonna spend the rest of my time relationally with you looking for that how you live that out.
3: Yeah. So, that I, yep. so i
1: can understand and i'm not judging but what i'm doing is i'm looking you know I'm, I'm expecting you to be honest and reliable and on time available whatever words you want to use i expected to be you know i expect you to um you know not be dishonest or not be disrespectful or anything else so when those things happen say hey i'm a little confused because this is kind of what i was expecting of you and i didn't get this what happened what am i missing And I believe I can hold people to that standard because that's what they've said they want. That's the standard that they've set for themselves.
2: Right, right.
1: But I don't think people can do that in this day because I don't think they they want to say, well, it depends. It doesn't depend. You either are committed to this or not committed to it. It doesn't depend. You don't get an escape on being honest because you're in an uncomfortable situation and aren't sure you can be. If you're committed to being honest, you need to be. Period. Period. And I don't understand, yeah. I don't understand this, like oh, well, it it depends. You, it doesn't depend, or either that or it's not a value, it's just a wish list. I hope to be more honest. Well, that's fine. Thanks for sharing. How are you gonna get there? But if I'm committed, then I'm gonna be honest. If I'm committed, then I'm going to be loving. If I'm committed, then I'm gonna be accepting. If I'm committed that I'm gonna be kind and gentle then it's not dependent on the situation anymore. It's a commitment to who I am and how I'm living my life.
2: How many people do you interact with that, first of all, know who the heck they are for real, (laughs) not who somebody else told them they were, and then are willing to maneuver that to fit even a modicum of understanding of what their value and ethics are, and then live that?
1: That's uh, a good question. We, we'll probably have to answer it coming back. I would say that the, the facetious in me is, you know, how many? None. But that's not fair. Um, how many people, though, the first part of your question, how many people are clear on who they are, what they stand for? Um, I think that that's the big struggle that we have in society. That's why people are easily manipulated and are easily because um, they, they you know, and I, Monica Guzman in one of my early episodes talked about this. She said, I just don't think people really know What they believe anymore. I agree. So, all right. Well, hopefully we triggered somebody. Dave Cook, call me on the phone, join this conversation. Um, But we're going to keep talking about values when we come back. This is Dave Cook with Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a break and we'll see you in two minutes.
3: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. There is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope, and according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific, Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at Dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now back to the show with David.
1: All right, we're back. I think I caught my breath. I'm not uh, quite in, in, in level 10 rampage mode. As we talk about values and some of the, we'll use the word inconsistency or the um, dependency, situational dependency. Sharon wants to bait me in a minute, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one more thing in before she baits me into a discussion. But um, you know, the the whole thing is, is that here I'm gonna use an example. This isn't really a value system, but this is something that this relates to my personality. Um, I know whenever I take these personality tests, I qualify as off the charts, um, impatient. In fact, every guy says, you know, they say to me, dude, you are like the most imp- impatient person I've ever tested. Got it. I know that. And they said, and I said, you know, and I'm working on it. He's well, and they always say, that's your personality. You can't be, you can't change the fact that you're impatient. It's part of your core personality. So then we talked about it more, but they said what you can do is find ways to be more patient when necessary. So my my mission in life is I when I want to be, I, what I wanted to say was I wanted to be more patient. What I needed to learn to do is learn to practice patience, which is a different behavior. That's having the wisdom of being in a situation where I'm ready to go off and go, is that the best way to live is that the best way to respond to the situation no dave what do you need to do i need to step back take a deep breath practice some patience and navigate it this differently um it doesn't mean internally that i'm not flipping out but it means externally what people are experiencing is me trying to tamp it down and navigate something with a little bit less tension and and and, uh force and i think that you know so i i get it there are some things that um You know, we we do get challenged and stuff like that. But when we say, this is who I am, what I will do, what I won't do, um, sure, it's situational. And Sharon, I know you want to go there. I'm willing to have that discussion. But at its core, when you declare it, people are looking to see how you live it. And they say, can I trust that person? Can I believe that person? Are they telling me who they are? Because what I'm experiencing is a complete contradiction of the flag that they're waving. So anyway and I'm done. I
2: agree. I, I mean, I, I, you, there's so many things going on in my head. The fit, first one that came up is like 10 hot spots away from where you finished. So I don't even remember <laughs> what the beginning was. But, um, you know, and, and I don't know why I'm going to movies a lot today, but that's what's coming in my mind. The Jungle Book. Hmm. See that movie?
1: Uh, the original one, a million you years know, ago. Do you
2: know the story? The story um, that Mowgli yeah. was raised by wolves or bears right. or animals in the, a in
1: wild the animal in the jungle,
2: animals, but he was a human Yep, and he tried to be a wild animal, not necessarily wild, but uh, the behaviors of a wild animal walking on all fours and eating bugs in the wood, which is not human behavior and didn't really know who he was at his core. And that's what I think has been the effect, in my view, of much of our society. We are raised and become what's around us, and we don't, we're not given permission, time, or understanding the value of figuring out what our core values are. Mm-hmm. So we act in ways that don't feel quite right deep down sometimes. We can, but we don't know what that alarm bell is mm-hmm. because we haven't been taught or shown and certainly not a lot right now depending upon what you watch on television or movies or anything else of mm-hmm. what it is to know your core values so we're right. acting out something else
1: yeah somebody so, else this somebody is just general definition of what it looks like
2: exactly mm-hmm. and then you put to to the other added attraction to that is, as you said, teenagers and young, our youth, they're trying to figure out who they are just in their physicality and how they interact with the other people that are trying to figure out who they are in their physicality. So they're, I know for me, I was trying on a different personality values to try and see which one fits. Sometimes I talked with a lisp Sometimes I walked pigeon-toed. Sometimes, I mean, I did a bunch of things to try to see where I fit in. And it wasn't until I became a big old older adult that I figured I'm not none of that and I have to be okay being authentic and different. Mm -hmm. We don't naturally in this country in particular, in my opinion, revere the differences. We mm-hmm. judge the differences. want to shut them down. And you be the same. Can't tell you how many girls I've seen with slick, straight hair that do not have slick, straight hair. So they go buy a wig with a make-believe part so they can have slick, straight hair. Mm-hmm. It hurts my heart. I mean, sometimes you want to blend in. That's fine. But how does that help you figure out who you are? So I'm not challenging you necessarily, Dave, but I- I'm addressing the in it. I know you're not. It depends. So I used to work for an entity that had an ethical standard that when I signed the contract, I agreed to follow that. Not my ethics, not my values, but the job I was in. There was a value statement that I Could not, because of my own personal values and ethics, I could not align with it. Did I quit the job? No. Fortunately, that situation did not come up because I would have been very challenged to not follow what they wanted because my core value, I could not go against it. Mm -hmm. To me, that's an it depends. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
1: I agree with you um in fact you know i was sitting here just thinking about it um i can i can own the fact that i worked for a client that um what they did was an absolute contradiction to a, a core belief that i had and i worked for them for a year and the reason i worked for them a year because the money was good mm-hmm. okay yeah um and so very clearly I'll own it thankfully it ended and I realized that it probably ended be it ended badly for me it was abrupt it was you know curt. it was all that other stuff but I realized that what happened was is that was probably the universe taking care of me because it knew I was out of out of alignment into my values and said okay dude because I would say that all the time yes this is like I'm so conflicted but the money was good I'm so conflicted but the money was good so yes are there situations where it depends That it's okay. Um, My answer is no, it's not really okay. But we need to recognize, we need to recognize and own the truth that we're out of alignment.
2: Okay, I agree with that. And, you know, I hate to keep going back to the beginning, Vincini, but we're going back to the beginning that how many people know when they're out of step with that? um I mean I know that you know you have a sense a feeling everybody has a barometer that alarm that goes off and but do we listen to it or we just snooze it snooze it snooze it
1: yeah well I think we're getting better we're getting better at being desensitized um for sure and I think that that's the I think that that's the point is is that um you know and you know you're you're relatively in my same geographic age group so you know when we were raised there was like when we were raised there was a clear set of values yes um and it was it was pretty there were some things that were just common core values you know human decency The you know you know like the whole you know people like talking about which we could go back to the old days where we respected our elders and blah 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 um, we don't need to go back to the olden days. We just need to start doing it. But, exactly. <laughs> like, but well, what we need is a law to make sure that, you know, we respect our elders. That would make oh it a, my a gosh, lot easier. No. That, that would make it a lot easier. And that way we can punish them. You the just nuns.
2: started this out by saying nobody's following the laws. So well, law no, nope, but a,
1: we get to choose and pick. Them. I'm being a cynic. But anyway. Oh, okay. but the, But, you know, that's the thing. We've gotten away from our core values. So there were things that were instilled in us that I don't know that they're being instilled in us today. Correct. And the, you know, I mean, I could go as in some of these conversations, people say, well, where do you think it started? And or what do I think the problem is? Well, I think the problem is is that in my opinion, is is that um we've just gotten away from teaching our kids. But at the same time, we've also gotten away from what we know to be true. So we don't know what to teach our kids because we've uh, we've lost our own sense of what we know to be true.
2: And, you know, Dave, I think you probably experienced this a lot when you worked with families in the um, addiction space, is that parenting has become, in my view, way more of a job than it ever was. If you do it with intention of first figuring out yourself, because if you don't figure out yourself, you can't see what each one of your children need from you that you have, but you've either covered up ignored or haven't practiced so well, there,
1: you, there you go that well that's it right there though is that um parents haven't because parents don't know who they are then it's become a lot more difficult because they're not sending a clear message to their children you know you know when i it was it was like uh, last year one of my clients asked me a question say how do you how do you treat your employees i said treat them like you treat your you know raise, raise them like you raise your kids and they looked at me real funny, and they said, you know, that's actually brilliant. And I said, you know, why do you think it's brilliant? Well, because when you start out with a new employee, what do you do? You teach them the rules. Here's the rules. Here's how we do things. Here's the behaviors. Here's the expectations of the position. And you don't overwhelm them with it. But what you do is you slowly bring them into to the knowledge of how that works and what that looks like, as they get older, become more experienced, you give them more latitude. You give them more diverse work, but at the same time, you hold them to the standards so that by the time they become leaders in the organization, the culture has been protected and, and affirmed because we've been very consistent as leaders in the developing our young children, our young new employees. Um, so I transfer that to the family today. Moms and dads are so busy doing yep. all the other things that they need to do, keeping their kids busy, keeping them active competing with the Joneses, making the money, having the vacations, doing, and they they don't know what's how to instill the core things that are most important to their kids because they're trying to do it all instead and of doing I would, the little I would things. Add that
2: that not only do they not know, but they don't see the value of doing that because of all of the activities, because the value of keeping your kids busy is not really a core value because what to me that produces as an adult, who can't sit with themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. They've
2: constantly got to be busy, which means you don't give yourself time to figure out who you are.
1: Right, and the, and and those things that you sit there by yourself, you know, without devices, you read a book or you, you know, just sit with you know, write in journal and stuff like that. How many five, six, seven, eight year old kids are being encouraged to read to themselves at night?
2: And then chat about it with somebody, and talk not just about their it. teddy
1: bear. Right. Or or how many kids, when they come home, have the time to sit with their parents and talk about what they learned in school, what they, parents usually say, how was school? Good. Good. So, you know, you told me about your day. That's not true. What made it good? What made it special? What made it enjoyable? Where do, you know, where, where do you need help? How can I, you know, do you have any homework? Yes. Well, then do your homework. Well, it's so no. how can I help you with your homework? What kind of homework do you have? Do you need my help? It's like that's we don't have time for any of that crap,
2: I know we don't. We don't have the space in our lives between the actual physical activities of keeping your family safe and fed and educated and all of that. But then it's the the mental and emotional calm down from the stress of your own day mm-hmm. to be able to do all those things that you said. it's I mean, this is this is a tough job. and please let us not forget that there are probably millions of people actually accomplishing this. And I don't want to disregard those that are actually doing what you and I have talked about of figuring out who you are, finding the peace in your day, paying attention to your children in a different way, understanding that you mm, should figure out what your values and ethics are and then be willing to live them and tell them to the people around you that matter so they can know who you are.
1: Right. All right. That's why when I do that exercise, you know, that working exercise of what I will do, what I won't do, what I desire, what I won't tolerate, um, we have to revisit that two or three times. Sure. It's because people just look at me like, "Huh? That's that's great," but and they they struggle with it. And Absolutely. So I, and I even give them some examples, and even then, you can just tell they're looking. So oh, I don't know, you know, it's 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 so hard. And I think I'm thinking like, but if that's what you're teaching your children. Or if that's you know what what you know how you want people to see you experience you, you got to be clear on what that is. Otherwise, you're just showing up and winging it. Which I'm a big fan of showing it up and winging it, but you got to have a foundation somewhere.
2: May I share two things with you, Dave?
1: You don't need my permission. Go for it.
2: I know, but I, I just wanted to because I'm going to a value my value, and I, and you can describe it as inclusiveness or everyone matters. And I've been in too many places where they're telling the history of something. A town, a country, a family. And I know they're not talking about the full-on history. And my alarm bell is going off, going, you're disregarding groups of people that contributed to your history that have been eliminated. Mm -hmm. That value... I struggle with because, because I don't like conflict and I'd like to speak up and say, here's some people that I took two seconds to chat GPT or Google and I found could be included in your history of this. So it's hard to live your values in my in my space sometimes because mm-hmm. that requires me to break out of. The, the resistance to conflict that I know is or I assume is going to ensue when I offer an opportunity to broaden what you're doing to include people, which is one of my core values.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know and it, and it really depends on the situation, but you know if, if an institution has created uh, here's the story that we're telling, it's it's very hard to make them change their story. Because they're 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 embedded in that story. This is our truth. This is our story. This is why, the way we've told it. This is the way we believe it. This is the way we want to spin it, however it goes. But it doesn't change your core value of inclusiveness. So, um, because it it just means that you recognize the gap in where they are as opposed to what you stand for and what you believe. It, um, but it doesn't mean also it kind of like comes back to: Are you a believer in righting wrongs?
2: Well, therein lies the rub because that's what I'm in the business of with no judgment, just love mm-hmm. is writing what I feel is the uh disregard that we have of ourselves and others right. That's another story for another day but- so then,
1: so then the challenge becomes how do you how do you engage them in such a way to say, you know, hey, you know, um here's my struggle it's i'm not here I'm not here to be confrontational, but I'm here to be curious. How do we, cause here's, here's this group, here's these people, or here's this story that seems to be missing that um, I'm trying to figure out why it's missing. Can you help me out?
2: Right. And, and then with, go ahead.
1: No, I said I'm done.
2: And then I, because I'm the only one I can control a hundred percent have to be willing to not have an attachment to the outcome. I have to be able to speak my truth My value, offer it in, like you said, a way that has an opportunity to be heard. And if it does and we have a conversation, great. If it doesn't and it just falls on, this is the way we always did it, we're not changing, then I move on.
1: Right. But now here, let's let let me, I'll throw you an It depends on there because it's popped in my (laughs) So let's just go for sake of this discussion. Let's just say, hey, thanks for asking. Yeah, we're 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 not sharing the story. We're not changing the story. It's, it's our story. We love it, and we're we're married to it. And Sharon said, okay, I'm not married to the outcome. Um, but they go, um, if in order for you to belong to the club, or in order for you to uh, you know graduate the class, or whatever, you have to be willing to share this story.
2: Well, then a conversation will ensue from my view, which is. I will share the story, but I want to be able to let you know I'm going to expand your story because right. that's my core value. Right.
1: So there you go. See, so that's what you're saying. That, you know, I will, I, will tell, I will tell the story you want me to tell, you, you know, tell the part of the story that you want me to tell, but I, as a part of the story that I have to include.
2: Yes. And okay. I've been in this position where it came to a rub. Where i could no longer tell the story and i had to choose to leave right because i i couldn't sing that song anymore
1: yeah and i think that that's that's you living in your values and there was some people say yeah but what if it means that i lose my job what if it means that and that goes to the that goes to the conflict you know and um you know and i'm again I'm going to get in trouble but but here's here's my issue with that stuff is is that you know the whole thing, can I give you a specific example that just loves yes. me I can here's a tension thing is that we this whole idea of um you know we should reinstate prayer at school or reinstate you know should be allowed to pray at work right in my and in my opinion prayer is not a public spectacle it's a private conversation
2: yeah you don't need permission to pray
1: right Okay, so the whole idea that um, I you know, I wish I could practice my religion in public. Who says you can't? Exactly. What, what you can't do is you can't tell somebody else that they have to practice, they have to learn to practice your or learn to accept or like your religion, your lifestyle. That's what you can't do. But nobody says that you can't say, hey, based on how I was raised and what I believe, these are the core values that I hold truthful, and it's under the guise of X, Right. You can do that any day you want, but when you can't do it is you can't go to somebody and say, well, you know, I'm you can't do that in front of me because I'm a Christian and you can't exactly. that's that's when it becomes confrontational. People say, whoa, 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 you can't make me embrace your values.
2: And and corporation that I work for tried to make me embrace their value in a philanthropic way. Hey, the company is gonna give to this, donate to this entity. Great. And everyone's required to donate, but I don't support that entity because I work here. I shouldn't be required to support something that you believe in. I don't. Right. Very big <laughs> issue. Yeah. And,
1: and, and, and Benette, and that, but that becomes a choice, right? So, you you know, you said eventually you left. You eventually walked away. It says, I can't stand for this. And that's the whole idea. So, um, but to say that I can't do something that I believe in, Really is just to me is a is a is a bit of a cop out. What you can say is, how do back to the you know practicing patience? I can't be less patient, but I can learn to practice patience. I can be right. who I I can be who I am without being obnoxious about it. I right. have the I have the freedom, and I think that that's really. But back to your question, as we're running out of time, it's an amazing how fast we run out of time.
2: I know.
1: <laughs> but back to your original question. Um, it's like, who do we know or how many people do? I don't know. Like you said, not everybody is. I think everybody is struggling with their values. Yes, absolutely. Whether, whether they have them and don't know how to live them out or they have them and they don't know how to make them consistent or they have no freaking clue. That, But I think that that's really what's going on in our society. That's where everybody's mad and hurt and angry because they don't know how to express their truth. They don't know how to be safe in their truth. They don't know how to be authentic to who they are. And so what they're doing is they're trying to do this dance of pleasing people at the expense of being happy and being clear and being content in who they are or being forced to do things that don't resonate with us. And that's what makes us so angry. So then anytime somebody tries to force something else on us, we go, wait, I'm not doing that anymore. I've been forced enough. What we really need to do is go back to our truth, go back to our core, our individual core, not our societal core. We need to go back to our individual core and start embracing who we are and what we believe as individuals and have the confidence and the comfort and the commitment to live it out.
2: But you also, and I agree with absolutely everything you said, because the, the rub comes when... Okay, so this is not in my value system. Am I in the belief that if I don't do this, I'll lose my job and I'll never get another job? I'll lose this relationship and I'll never have another relationship? I'll make this societal decision and there'll be a war? Whatever it is, we have to decide, are we willing to stand our ground for our values?
1: Well, you know, when that's the question, and we're going to close with this question, which means you and I are going to come back. Are we, going to, are we going to let fear define our behaviors or are we going to trust in the power of who we are?
2: There you go. I love it.
1: All right. We're done. This is Dave Cook with my good friend, Sharon Ray, and uh, we will be back. I can guarantee you talking about something crazy. Until then, open your heart, open your ears, open your mind, because once you start listening, everything changes. This is David Cook. Have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.